0: Tuesday, 24th of October, 2023, just in case you forgot what year it was. We are back with another edition of The Tahi. Very glad to be back here after a long weekend. Right,
1: Evie? Yeah, I was stoked when I got up this morning at 4am. Was... I was like, yeah!
0: Just really ecstatic about coming to work.
1: Honestly, it was a rough one this morning, not going to lie to you. Obviously, we love doing this show, do not get me wrong, but after three days of waking up whenever I wanted, (laughs) I was like, this morning, I was like, oh, (laughs) jeez.
0: I I house had a dog who was such a whiny little sook that he woke me up like five times each night crying. For I don't know what I think maybe his parents I don't know but like I just didn't have a consistent night of sleep and last night was the first time because we like went home oh yeah then I actually got a full night's sleep and I woke up this morning and I was just like Uh I just want to sleep another two hours yeah,
1: yeah. But long hey, weekend
0: man I I'm love the long weekend short week ahead of us that's something to celebrate coming up on the show today we have
1: some illustrious guests we got Gussie Larkin of Mermaidens Earth Tongue and. Every aspect of the local New Zealand music industry coming into chat, which I'm very excited about.
0: We also have some new music for you, which you, at the time of recording the podcast is not live, so just wait out for it. Um, As well as a ton of other stuff, we're kicking things off. This month is a very important month of awareness.
1: October is ADHD Awareness Month, so be aware of me, b****. Nah, but for real, though. Um... It is ADHD Awareness Month October. I forgot about it, which is the most ADHD shit ever. I was like, wait, when's my month yeah, like, again? like
0: earlier this last yeah. week, you were just like halfway through last week, you're like,
1: oh, wait. Yeah, which is a <laughs> really good representation of mm-hmm. what having ADHD is like. Um, but I thought a lot about the best way to talk about ADHD and like do it perfectly and... I, I can't really. I figure the best thing I can do to raise awareness is to just sort of tell my story and share some of my thoughts. Um, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, let's get that out the way. Um, I don't even have a degree. <laughs> so. But this is my experience, and this is how I feel about where things are and, and where they're going and awareness of itself. So to begin with, a lot of people, when they think of ADHD, they think of a little boy who can't sit still, who has no impulse control, who's like yelling, maybe difficult in class, class clown. And that's just not the entire picture. Mm. It is part of the picture, for real, but that is not all of it. I mean, up until not even that long ago, they didn't even think women could have ADHD. And to this day, ADHD in in women and girls is super Mm. under-researched, which we will get to but um, there are two different types, well three actually, different types of ADHD that people present with. One is inattentive, so that's not your hyperactive little boy. An inattentive child with ADHD or an inattentive adult with ADHD, they're often sort of that kid who's looking out the window, they're not really paying attention, maybe their nose is in a book all the time. Like, do you remember that girl in your primary school that got really into one type of fantasy novel and she was just always reading that? That's classic inattentive ADHD. <laughs> like horse girls, girl. Horse girls. For real. Really? For real. And people don't want to, anyway. Then there's hyperactive, which is more what people perceive ADHD to be. Mm. It's that um, being unable to regulate your energy, you're loud, you're probably interrupting. And some people may describe you as a child as annoying, which happened to me. Um, And then there's combination where you've got both. And that's what I have, is um, a pretty hefty combination of the two of them. So not only do I struggle with hyperactivity, I struggle with inattentiveness too. So sometimes in the middle of a conversation, I might completely interrupt because I'm hyper and someone is, I've already understood what they're trying to say, but their sentence is still going. And my brain's like, why are we still here? So I just interrupt with the next thing. Or inattentive where I could be in the middle of a conversation with someone and just have no idea what they said. Mm. Um, I often say that getting my ADHD diagnosis was the best day of my life because up until that point, I was around 22 years old, I spent all of those years thinking there was something wrong with me because in high school, I as horrible and narcissistic as this sounds, I knew I was smarter than everyone. Like I knew that I had stronger more nuanced opinions I knew I understood stuff better than other people because I could see it in real time but I couldn't put that on paper and I could never prove it and that is like one aspect that is incredibly incredibly frustrating and also damages your self-esteem like for some people they spend the rest of their lives trying to rebuild the self-esteem that they lost especially as a woman living with undiagnosed ADHD And to live as a woman with undiagnosed ADHD is essentially to live in a secret world, like a secret messy closet that is filled with shame, um, embarrassment, guilt, frustration, and because normal day-to-day tasks are incredibly challenging for you. There's a wall between me and the work. There's a wall between simple things that I need to do. And luckily medication can put a wall in that, a door in that wall, sorry. It doesn't solve it or make the wall go away but it puts a door there or even a window there that I can instead of sitting there for 45 minutes knowing I have to do something screaming at myself internally like what's wrong with you why can't you do it get up do it do it do it and you're just sitting there staring at a wall like unable to do anything I dropped out of four different universities and never got a degree um and university was pretty much impossible for me When you have ADHD, you struggle with prioritising tasks or understanding what needs to come first and what needs to come last. And so when you're looking at what someone needs to do to get a degree, it's not just like high school where you show up at this time and you do your best and then you go home. It's all these lectures are at all different times, they're all about different things and that changes daily. You have to sit there for two hours, pay attention for two hours write down what was said in that two hours, understand it, regurgitate it onto a written thing, and then do that for four different classes. It was just unfathomably difficult for me. But I didn't know how to deal with the fact that I'm smart. Why can't I do this? So I just kept signing up for different universities, girl. Like, I was like, well, this time it'll work. And it just never did. And I dealt with... um, another aspect of ADHD that people often don't discuss is you do have a lack of impulse control and you do have a really, really innate sensitivity to perceived rejection. So for someone with ADHD who's um, undiagnosed or unmedicated or still in that part of their journey where they don't know yet, if you perceive rejection, it shatters you. And it could be nothing. Um, And then you add that on to being unable to achieve something even though you know you're smart. That's rejection of your, like you're rejecting yourself, the school's rejecting you, whatever. So I dealt with really common things. I mean, substance abuse, addiction issues, depression issues, low self esteem. I mean, I spent an entire year locked in a garage, just like chilling and being insane because I couldn't understand why I couldn't do things. I couldn't hold down a job because medial tasks are harder than large scale thinking. And it just, like, It's the most frustrating thing in the world when you sit there and you're so bad at admin and you're so bad at dates and emails and times, but you're, like, great at, like, big, long, like, long-term ideas, strategic thinking, like, thinking and connections, something that other people can't do. But because you can't prove that you're good on day-to-day admin, a lot of people never get there. Um, I have a question for you. Tell me the steps involved in you doing the laundry.
0: Uh... (laughs) take the basket to the washroom throw it in the washing machine powder beep and then take it out and I put it in my new dryer beep and then and then I put it back in my basket and fold it
1: do you find that process stressful or overwhelming in any way it's a couple buttons couple buttons so here here you go right for you it's a couple buttons for me I always use laundry as my example because laundry is the one thing that I still can't do. And I'm deeply, deeply still working on the shame I have around that, that my life is just a pile of dirty laundry that I can't seem to manage. For me, it's number one, I have to figure out what clothes need to be washed first. So I need to prioritise my clothes, which are unorganised to begin with. They are on the floor, girl. Like they they are not where they're supposed to be. I have to find all those things. I have to take them to the machine put them in, put them on the right setting, remember to come back at a specific time to get them out and get them dry because if I leave them there, they'll get mouldy. Then I've got to put them all on a clothes horse or I've got to put them in the dryer and then remember to come back again. And then I've got to fold them and then I've got to put them away. Those are all really challenging things individually for someone with ADHD, but to look at it as a task and break it down into priority is almost impossible. Just completely overwhelming. Like, I could cry trying to do my laundry. And it sucks. Um, But the main point I wanted to get you after rambling about a bunch of shit, which is, again, ADHD. Vibes, vibes, vibes. It's under research for women, and I think that that's why we're seeing a lot of, on TikTok, right, people are sharing a lot saying they've got ADHD or people are learning that they might have ADHD through TikTok. And I don't think that's a bad thing, by and large. I think that it's really great that there are people who may not have had access to this information who now have access to it, But one of the difficult things about ADHD is that every single symptom that I've described, every single symptom that you will look up, every single person deals with those symptoms at some point in their life or some point in their day. You know, oh, I don't like doing stuff I don't want to do. I find it really hard to get started when I don't like something. Or, oh, sometimes the laundry piles up. And I think that what you need to consider, are, are those symptoms chronic? Are they every second of every single day of your life? Because if they are, maybe you do have ADHD. But there's a lot of crossover with ADHD and other things, like autism especially. There's a lot of crossover there. There's also crossover with people who are dealing with depression for the first time. Even um, some disassociative personality disorders have things in common with ADHD. But I think it's a real challenge when we have this system that already isn't working and if it gets overloaded with people who aren't actually 100% sure what's going on or whatever, it makes it really hard. I mean, there's been riddle-in shortages in the last couple of years on and off, which has been extremely challenging for myself and other people. I'm not saying you don't have it, don't go. But in reality, in this country, if you don't have money, you're not going to get that assessment. You're just not. It's I don't know how people do it. I was lucky enough at the time that I got my... Well, not lucky, I was at such a low point that It was really scary and it needed to be solved. And so my family put money together for me to go to a specialist to get an assessment. Best day of my life, hands down best day of my life. But if you don't have that access, it's really, really difficult to go and get, A, get that assessment and B, get medicated for it. And so there's people out there just suffering for no reason. And it sucks, Uh, makes me really sad. A lot of women don't find out they have ADHD until they become a mother. Because, unfortunately, society wants us to be good at a bunch of things, like cooking and cleaning. And when you aren't, because you have ADHD, you're already, you just feel like a failure. You just feel like a total failure. And if you don't have money, there's no one to help you. And it sucks. So I'm raising awareness that there are people really suffering with ADHD. It's not a made-up thing that lazy people just make up. It's just not. And, like, if I hear that one more time, girl... I swear, I swear, I will pop off. I will actually pop off, but it is a superpower. I am stoked actually now that I know about it, that I'm medicated for it, that I have the tools and support to work through it, that I can be better at things I like than anyone could ever be. Anything that I love and can do well and want to keep doing, I will be better at that than someone who doesn't have ADHD. Because my brain will just go for it and make it happen. But the stuff I'm bad at, I just don't do it anymore. <laughs>
0: it's, yeah. It's a good call. That's fair. I yeah. Feel like that's very fair.
1: But um, yeah, that's sort of my wrap up. Malo, Bit of malo, a ramble. Malo, hope it made sense.
0: all. Yeah. yeah. For the rest of the month, uh, this month of October, it is ADHD Awareness Month. It is a great opportunity for you to hear stories like
1: Evie's and from other men and women who deal with this. Is disorder the right word? I don't know, man. People change their minds a lot. Like, I should say, actually, like, some people aren't comfortable with the term ADHD. Mm. I personally am. I feel like I'm okay with it, especially having combination. I think it sort of, you know, whatever. But they do change the name of it a lot. Mm. Um, AGD isn't really the accepted term anymore, but Mm. some people are more comfortable with that. Some people say disorder. Some people say spectrum. Some people even say disability. People, it changes all the time. And that also comes with that level of under-research that Mm. we have on it. Um, But personally, I'm comfortable with with being called ADHD. I know some other people aren't. Shout-outs to you guys. That's fine too. Um, Do whatever you want. But yeah...
0: This is your opportunity to go out, read more, it all with friends and whānau, learn a little bit more, and possibly this might be your push to going and potentially getting a diagnosis, whatever it may be. Māro um, Evie, thank you for sharing, and
1: happy ADHD, Happy! happy. I mean, Cher has ADHD, so... Mm,
0: so does Mussolini. Uh, speaking of things that are long... Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tee-hee.
0: No, I, I, just before we get into it, I just want to like, clarify, like, I don't think what we just discussed is something that we could have done in five minutes.
1: Oh, God, no. Yeah. I don't know how to do anything in five minutes. Yeah,
0: so. I'll oh, go <laughs> as long as I got. Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, in saying that, Martin Scorsese doesn't either, because mm. uh, over the years I went and saw uh, Kills of the Flower Moon, I've been very excited for, because this is the first time. Like, Martin Scorsese was one of those directors who got me into liking film. Like, really having a passion for film. And I have never seen a Martin Scorsese film in cinemas. And this will probably be the last time I do, because the dude is like 80-something years old. He's, you know, the really, chances are getting... He's pushing on. Yeah, he's so... On. Um, it was a really interesting film. And it was also three and a half hours. I think that's going to kill it for people. I think I think people are going to... Personally, as, like, a film buff, like... The three and a half hours flew by quite sincerely for me because I was just the whole time I was like, this is amazing. I don't think anything could have been cut out. I almost feel like certain things could have been longer almost. Um, but it just kind of was like, it was so good. I was just, I was just, like in love with it. But other people are going to walk away from it and go, they're just going to hate it because it was three and a
1: half hours. I mean, look, I'm not against the three and a half hour movie as we know. But my view is if a movie is three and a half hours and it's not better than Return of the King, then you wasted forty minutes of my time. And and at the end of the day, have I seen a movie better than Return of the King that's the same length? No, I have not. That has not been made yet. Um will it ever get made? Hey, that's up to you all. Go make it. Um But three and a half and Leo DiCaprio. Eh? Yeah, not his
0: best. I'm sorry. He wasn't he wasn't bad
1: at acting. He just
0: um there's some, everyone in the film had this really nuanced performance. And then there's Leo, who just kind of at times overacts, you know? I'm just sick um, of him.
1: I just actually am sick of him. He got his Oscar. We were all real stoked for him. But to be honest, I don't know. I just don't, I can't take him seriously anymore. He's... I he's, just can't.
0: I don't know if he has the same gravitar that, like, the likes of a uh, young Robert De Niro had. I don't think he quite has that. Um, but he was he was good in the film. And, he man, he played the fuck out of that role because he plays a villain. The, wow. so for those who don't understand the film is actually based on the true stories of the Osage Reign of Terror uh, this is the story of a very very interesting story if you know anything about uh, the city of Tulsa and
1: oh, uh, the yeah. wealthy black
0: community that was there once upon a time the Osage were actually very wealthy Native Americans they, were, they owned the rights to oil they had white slaves damn there. They had white people cleaning their shoes and driving them around. It was pretty gangster to see as an indigenous person was like a bunch of I was, I was, I was all for it. Um, but a story that I'd never known, I never knew they were these very wealthy Native Americans. And it's about I don't want to get too much into it, but it is about a string of murders uh, committed by white people against the Osage uh, community there in Oklahoma. It is amazing. It is a really interesting story. It is fascinating. It is, from what I understand, a very undertold story. And a lot of Indigenous people in the States are grateful that Martin Scorsese has created a film that touches on this story that hasn't gotten the publicity it Mm. should have. Um, But as an Indigenous person, I will say, it was a little weird watching a movie about the pain that an Indigenous community experienced through the eyes of, like, some white dudes. Like... Hey, but no, no, if
1: you no. liked it you liked it yeah like it was it's you're a not? story
0: that needs to be told if he did well um, he did well but it's a story that needs to be told but like it, it, I feel like it, I would have liked to have seen this told by an Osage person I feel like as an indigenous person we're the only people that can tell our stories right but that's not to say that this is a bad film it's a really incredible film with a very important story that needs to be told um, but it is three and a half hours and if you're just like no I'm not going to be able to do that you're not going to enjoy the film I'm just going to keep it a yeah. buck if the, if, the, if the length of a Movie is a no go for you. This is not going to work for you. That's okay. Three and a half hours is a long ask. If you've watched The Irishman,
1: oh, I couldn't get through that. Yeah, see,
0: if you could to get through that, that's
1: kind of dragged. Yeah, but... just it's, and this is no disrespect. This doesn't mean they're bad movies. It's nothing like that. But Scorsese is the king of a man movie. Mm. Um, the like. That one that you were talking about, The Irishman, that Irish Netflix man. one, that was a man movie. I I got re- I just was like I'm sick of these like really slow conversations between super old dudes. Don't care, but you know what's really interesting about like you know like underrepresented like things in history that have happened? Mm. I had no idea about the Tulsa race riots until I saw Watchmen on HBO. Oh yeah, they talked about. Like that. I yeah, had no yeah, idea, yeah. and I thought that was crazy because I was like. This is uh, a This is huge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I felt real dumb, like, yeah. having never heard of it. Like, I felt like an idiot. But then watching it, mm. it was like, it was an awesome show, one of the best shows ever made. Mm. Love that show. But it was also like, well, now I do know about mm. it. Yeah. So that's kind of good.
0: It's uh, I think that these are stories that are undertold in America, but we they're, they're very undertold on this side of the hemisphere. I mean, we, I, I didn't really study American history. Yeah. A kid, so. I mean, I
1: watched Hamilton. Um. <laughs> Joining me now in the studio in a beautiful yellow jacket is a lead front woman person champion, leader of Mermaidens, Gussie Larkin, welcome. Hi, thank you. I was trying to think of the right word there, so I just went with all of them. Oh,
2: I um, liked champion. Your champions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think
1: the other two will be? Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, I, I do want to give full credit to uh, my my co-lead woman, Lily West. <laughs> Co-champion. I can't say I'm, I'm not the lead, we're both the champions. I actually wanted to get <laughs> into that later, but let's do it now. I think that's so cool
1: that every time I've watched Mermaidens' video, Seeing you guys live, whatever you don't really pick out like that's the main one because everyone's yeah in
2: it. yeah yeah. I think that's just from like I mean we started in high school like Lily and I went to school together and um, yeah we just we were both playing guitar together for ages like the band was two guitars and drums for quite a while um, so I think that was sort of like we both wanted to have a turn like and and we have obviously like sing harmony a lot together and then um, yeah I, I love bands where like you know one singer jumps in and then another has a verse like it's really interesting um, yeah so that was just the, I love I it too that. I love
1: it when I go to a show and the drummer's at the front yeah. I'm like this is gonna be awesome like yeah. let's go like yeah. every time
2: but we're here to talk
1: about brand new Mermaiden's album self-titled out November 3rd November 3rd everybody run don't walk first album released independently right
2: yeah what does that feel like what's the what's been the difference in putting out this one like just so much work it's crazy but also so much reward um and that's both uh like i don't know as uh yeah independent artists like well look we did this and also like just the financial side of it has been um challenging and also Uh, rewarding again just to be like hey we we actually we don't need to go into heaps of debt let's like look at this and be like what's actually worth spending money on and um, yeah I guess just just getting all the money back is like is actually a massive thing yeah so it's been hugely (laughs) challenging Um, and I don't know if I I think if I knew how, how much work it was I don't know if I would have done it. <laughs> but now that it's almost out, um, yeah, it feels really good. And it's been nice that um, people have noticed it that and they've been asking us about it, um, like you.
1: doing well, you know, job, job, guys. Job job. I do find it interesting, though. So it's like you feel more freedom, but there's more work, kind of.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of do
1: the mahi, get the treats sort of scenario.
2: Yeah, I think, like... Um, just for context, so we released, um, we've, this is our fourth album. First one was independent and we were babies. And then um, the middle two were on Flying Nun. So we had a really amazing time um, releasing with them and and like being part of that uh, family. And I think, yeah, we couldn't have, we wouldn't have felt confident um, to go out on our own and release this independently if we hadn't, had that time with Flying Nun and actually learnt lots about um, the whole release process. I <laughs> uh,
1: got three singles from the album
2: out. We've got uh, Sister,
1: Foolish, and then I Like to Be Alone. Yes. They're great, by the way. Congratulations. Thanks. Like, I was like, whenever, whenever something <laughs> like I see in my email or like, you know, hear about town, like a band I like has a new album coming out or is releasing their first album, for example, I get really nervous. Ooh. Like because I'm like, I'm like, oh god, what if it's bad? Like every time. And it's so dark of me because usually that's not usually the case. But I was like, oh, I hope it's good. And then it was great. And so at this point, are you kind of just antsy to get the whole thing out and have people just hear the um, whole thing? Or are you kinda
2: like, ooh? Uh, I'm like, oh, it just came up so fast. And I think I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to be like, just enjoy it and celebrate. All the little things that happen, like yeah, Lily and I, um, we talked the other day about like how well, I think one single came out, and we just no one like in our band chat was like, congrats, like release day. We were just like this thing and this thing, and you do this, and <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, just trying to be like, wow, we made this really great record that we're really proud of, um, and yeah, just. Just gotta gotta celebrate it. You gotta you gotta ride the wave. Yeah, like think about it this way: in my
1: whole life, chances are I would never release an album. I will never uh, know the highs and well, because I girl. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm good at other things. When it comes, you directed the video for "I Like to Be Alone." I did, yeah. I loved it. It's my favorite one, so that's why we're talking about this one. Yay! Um, when it comes to getting behind the camera and being the director, does the little visual idea sort of come first? Or do you hear the song and then you get the little idea? Because, like, the idea of making a big-ass pocket and then, like, climbing in there, I was like, oh,
2: I want to do that. Like, I would love to get in a little pocket. Yeah. Well, that one came from, um, yeah, I first had the idea about the about a giant jean pocket um, because in the song there's this there's this repeated um, backing vocal that says, Back pocket! And, um... We, we had played it live a lot And people kept saying to us Oh we love the pocket song Like <laughs> what's the pocket song When are you going to release the pocket song um, <laughs> And so it became this Like became known as The pocket song to our mates And um, yeah So it just started with that idea To be like What if we make a giant pocket And then it will go from there <laughs> <laughs> And yeah I think Um yeah, Lily, Abe and I had this really wild brainstorm, um, I guess riffing on like Alice in Wonderland, uh, you know, sort of climbing into this thing and then it takes you into another world. Um, so from then, um, from this kind of like scrappy brainstorm, um, I just went and like crafted a story out of it with, with lots of help from them as well. Um and then obviously, the art direction was a really big part of it. I had the idea, but kind of I didn't have the time or the skill to make all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we had a friend, Hannah Webster, um, create that giant backdrop for the pocket, which was six by six meters squared. It was so huge. And we only gave her, like, I don't know, she probably did it all with, like, $500 oh worth gosh. of worth of material. And it was, yeah, it was so massive, like made out of um, just like recycled denim and anything she could find. Um, yeah, and th- there's just so many great props in that music I was going to ask where
1: you got all the denim. Like when I was watching, <laughs> there's the bit where you're like in the denim. Yeah. And like, I'm like, where'd they get all this denim? Like I'm at I'm at the second hand
2: store trying to find a pair of jeans. I'm finding for my life. I'm like, where'd they get all this denim? I did a lot of op shopping. And just, yeah, one day just went and just, like, got a huge pile of jeans. And actually at the op shop, um, yeah, I had asked them, do you have any, like, reject clothes? Like, do you just have a bunch of things that you can't sell? And they're like, no. So oh. then, yeah, just had to guess just had, had to buy it. And then I took it back to the same op shop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I know that. You know, mermaidens are quite known for that visual aspect, right? Like, the videos are always stunning. The fashion's stunning. The makeup <laughs> stunning. Like, it's a big part of it. And it seems like an important part of your, like, creative output. Is that, like... Is that a key part of the music-making for you? Or is it just, like, I make music and I also happen to have, like, an amazing visual
2: eye? Um, well, when we're writing the music it's not really thought about um but i think with this album when we had the whole thing finished or you know even getting close to finished then we're starting to think about even just colors to start with um and yeah so like the last album was like red was the color and then this album i don't really know what the color is, but there's definitely a color palette denim um, blue, de- yeah. Denim. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also uh, before we started recording or while we were writing, um, we had just talked about wanting to make an album that was really clear and upfront in terms of the lyrics and, um, yeah, just the the choice of guitar tones and like just stripping things away, so like having a drum beat that was, you know, it was a bit too fussy and then just taking certain things away and distilling it down so that the song was really the most important thing. So I think that that sort of ties into the visuals as well, just being really like, here we are, we're actually like, have a real sense of humour and we're in all the music videos. Um, So... Yeah, I think it's just like it's it's a really genuine, like authentic representation of us as friends and musicians.
1: I love that though. You feel that in the videos. I'm like, oh, they're having so much fun. Love friends together, having a great time. There's
2: another one coming um, next Friday when the album's released. That's hilarious. I'm very excited. (laughs) So you guys have been together as a band for
1: yonkers now over 10 years over 10 years do you ever like look around like sick of these
2: guys (laughs) (laughs) no because they're my best friends No, that's so nice (laughs) no um we're all quite strongly opinionated so yeah we like we definitely don't always agree and it takes us ages to decide on like which merch like we had this hour-long conversation last night about which t-shirt design we're going with (laughs) And I don't think it got resolved, but yeah, we all just have strong opinions. I love it. So for you,
1: um, outside of Mermaidens, I mean, you're art directing for other artists, you're, um, you know, Mermgrown, putting on your own mini festival, you're working with Live Nation, you've sort of got your finger in the pies of a lot of different parts of the local music industry. So I think you're a great person to ask, if we look at, the wider creative industries in New Zealand. Where do you think things are thriving and doing really well? And which areas do you think are maybe like, need a little bit more support or, mm. are not looking the way you'd like them to look?
2: Um, things that are thriving, I think, are still just young bands doing it. I mean, there's, um, there's so much goodness in um, Girls Rock, for example, oh, now shout to the outs. front. Shout, shout out, outs. shout out to the front. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a lot more support for younger musicians, like with To the Front and with Big Fan, um, and I think just with lots of like internship programs as well. I've seen lots of interns at my work become um, employees, so that's really nice. That there's there seems to be in the music community a lot of um, nourishment support for for you know musicians that are just coming out of school. Um, yeah, where I think uh we need more support. Um just venues is mm. like is a really big one. I think most venues <laughs> will be struggling still after the pandemic. Mm. Um and yeah, just I don't know what the what the solution is, but just more uh, more funding, lower rents. Yeah. Don't Put the rent up on your local venue. Um, Yeah, and just, I don't know, getting more young people into actually being at the shows and not just being at home or... Yeah, I don't know. I'm 30 now. I don't know what 18-year-olds are doing. Um,
1: Who are some local bands or artists around that you think we should all have our eyes and ears on? Um, Other than Mermaidens, obviously, everybody.
2: Well... I heard this band Milk Tooth the other day from Wellington. I don't really know anything about them. I just heard them on BFM, and I've kind of seen them on my socials. They, I think, they're really young, um, all female band. Um, yeah, I'm like, I, I need to check them out um, closer. Yeah, they were cool. Um, KMTP. Yeah, as, as you mentioned Love them KMTP. before, um, just released a really great album really good Really good, eh? um i am loving ebony lamb's new album as well um she's been yeah i mean she's been playing for for ages but she hadn't really released anything in a few years and it's yeah it's really excellent i mean yeah not as far as new bands go but um that's a really good one um yeah who else what are, you, what, what are you excited about? <laughs> I, I'm excited. Have you listened to Night Lunch? Oh, yeah. I love I, Night Lunch. Love Night Lunch. I'm obsessed with yeah, Night Lunch. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just, yeah. like, I can't even put into words, like, just how obsessed with them I am. And I love yep. Sulfate so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. I wore so, their so t-shirt good. for Music T-shirt Day, and I didn't know we were going to film a thing for RNZ. And they're like, who's this band? And I just said, oh, they're a real cool band that I like. <laughs> and then they got posted, and I was like, I didn't even say what genre it was. like whatever. I was just like, they're really cool. You wouldn't know about it. Like, real stupid. But (laughs) it's just one of those things. Ah, well. Um, A question that might be a little bit difficult, and feel free to not answer it, but as sort of um, the woman who could do it all in local music and and music videos and everything, 10 years from now, what does a day in the life of Gussie Larkin look like?
2: Oh, I mean, it's weird. Like, now I just turned 30. Like I said, it's like, going to be having babies i guess by the time 10 years is yeah with us (laughs) yeah man 10 years is with us um so that's yeah that's like a strange biological thing to think about um but ideally just still still rocking it still playing still playing with both bands i also really want to do a solo project um, and I've been one, I've been talking about that for years, and <laughs> haven't done anything because with two bands, it's just like it's too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I have to pay my rent. There's so many things I want to do uh, in the in the creative world. Like I'd love to produce someone else's record. I'd love to make, like, a dance record. Oh, that just, would like, be so, many so things. good. I really want to play drums in a band. Yeah, um, yeah so just everything, please. I genuinely think <laughs> if there's anyone
1: who can do all those things and will do all those things successfully, it's definitely you. Oh, thanks. For sure. Like, I have no doubt that... 10 years from now, we'll be sitting here on a different show, and I'll be like, how's the new album? And we'll do the same thing. It'll be great. It'll be great. But anyway, thank you so much for coming in. Mermaid and self-titled, new album, November 3rd, and the tour, we've got a tour.
2: Yeah. The tour. The, the Tell tour, us about the tour. The tour is, uh, we're playing Christchurch, Dunedin, Auckland, Wellington, and the dates are the can't tell you the exact dates, but it's the last weekend of November for South Island and the first weekend of December for the North Island. That keeps it simple for everybody. Yep. Awesome. I'm very excited about that.
1: Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yay.
0: Woo. Woo. Talking about travel. Long weekend just came upon us. A lot of people travelling, whether by car
1: or by plane. Or by boat. By huh? foot Not you You hate
0: the book. You hate the foot I
1: was not ne- You know yeah. Catch me on a boat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's never gonna happen There um, is a story behind it That I will tell one day One day But okay. I'm letting you know It's dark as hell Okay.
0: Alright I'll keep that in mind um, But when it comes to flying You hop on your little what are, What's the Air New Zealand thing The uh, waka in the sky Or something like that They have a proper name for it It's on the um, oh, I yeah, I remember Safety I that, uh, They probably do say waka in the sky Yeah Because that's what waka did Waka re rangi why am I not saying it properly? Waka de rangi Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like I, I thought the the pre-travel safety videos of them buckling into the waka is so funny.
1: I love but, it. Okay. Yeah.
0: But when you get on the plane, right, just out of curiosity, do you pay the extra to pick your seats?
1: No. no. It depends skip. on the flight. How oh, yeah. far am I going? True, true. How okay. many hours am I on that bad boy? Usually I'm just flying to Wellington. Like the second you get up, you're just coming back down. Yeah. I don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah. But like if I'm flying to like Seoul or whatever I'm paying for the window seat. I'm paying. Yeah, yeah. I'm paying the extra money.
0: I I I happily pay like an extra hundred bucks to get an exit row, as a somebody who's 6'3". Oh yeah. Just being able to oh. feel my knees. Because mm. oh, there's man. more room in those rows. It's yeah. It's just because like when I get in the seat, it's like my knees are like, I'm like chewing on my knees. <laughs> it's just not a com like a comfortable experience. So yeah. like the exit row, just being able to being able to just do this like, oh, is like so. Yeah. Frank, you don't have that. No, problem. I'm. I- it's more human, so. I didn't mean uh. it like. Oh, I was just Wait, um, a minute, look. When it's you, true, though. Yeah, when you get on the plane, there's a couple options on your seat. Mm. You got a middle, you got an aisle, you got a window. Where are we sitting, ladies?
1: Window all the way. I prefer
0: window because you have something to lean on. Yeah, I I feel
1: like it's secretly more space Mm. because you can lean on the wall and have a little nap. Also, I want to look out the window. I hate trying to look out the window where there's some other person there and my neck's all sore or I'm trying to look the other way. I'm just trying to see Mm. the beautiful landscape. And I don't care if I'm blocking people behind me. Mm. I don't want them to see it. I paid the $10 for this chair. You can look the other way. I don't give a shit. (laughs) That's
0: fair.
1: But I don't recline on on other people, either.
0: Oh, I'm well, like I said, if I if I have to sit in like a normal chair, I'm reclining.
1: Though. Yeah. But it's yeah. the
0: only way I'm getting any oh, relief. Like
1: my Karen moments in my life have all been people trying to recline on me on the plane. Nah. Nah. really. No way. Oh no! The seat like, just goes well, back could, a little bit. Well, like it only also, goes back an inch. But like. I'm like, I'm tall enough as well. Like mm. I'm not, I'm not that short. My knees get sore too. Like I'm already kind of crammed into this bad boy. I'm a bigger woman, you know. It's a, it's already you are walking down the plane. Everyone's like, God, I hope she doesn't sit next to me. I've already got enough of that going on, and now you want to lean on me no i will call the flight attendant and i'll be like excuse me can you get this man to sit up please mm.
0: yeah.
1: and like it always works and i just don't i just don't believe in reclining on planes i mean like i, I understand your thought process behind it and i mean this in total in the most respectful way possible there is nothing to me more evil and selfish than reclining on me on a plane like it's in my opinion someone reclines well, i'll see you in hell i'll see you in hell you know? if you
0: i think the only rule with reclining is you have to do it slowly yeah, it's like if you just jar back and somebody's got their food on the table, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> that's rude. But you gotta like, you're gonna, like about ease it. back into it. I would love to say window. I think that's probably where. I, but like, per, I like, I, I will, I will say window. But I wish I preferred the aisle because I like being able the idea of like I could just put my leg out, yeah, one leg. Yeah, pop a leg. I could just stretch one yeah, leg yeah. at a time <laughs> and like maybe do this weird uncomfortable thing like like with my leg to like. Hook one under the other and be like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I can get up and go toilet easy. The toilet thing is a big yeah. pro of but the ILC. In saying that, as as a duty six three, and it's like has very, I have in my life. I've struggled with having broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. My arms hang out over the thing, so when people walk down the hallway, they constantly just knee me in the shoulder. I was gonna say it is, horrible. When I did my better and i was on the plane like right after like the day before i'd finished it and we were on the plane and i was like this and the Air new zealand hostess ran the trolley into my knee oh, no. and my shoulder oh, i i yeah, like grown men don't cry often but i i, I like a baby you know uh, after that i was just like i can't do the aisle cuz it's like my like genuinely half my shoulder it's like i'm set like this and my shoulders are just hanging out over each side You're, of the armrest you've made me re- like think because like i actually because i'm small i don't mind if you recline i don't mind like i'm just like yeah i'm I'm only using a little bit of space but the the armrest thing mm. i get annoyed when you start putting your arm over the armrest onto myself but if now i hear you i'm yeah. like okay some people can't help it if you're sure. in the middle seat in my in my this, this is my thinking if you're in the middle seat you get both armrests
1: It's fair yeah, You've got
0: nothing else, dude. You should yeah. get the armrest. If you're on the aisle, you get one armrest and you get that little extra leg room. If you're by the window, you get one armrest and you get something to lean True. on. Middle should get both armrests. I, I find like that's really funny fair?
1: about this whole yarn? There's a guy listening to this somewhere where sort was like, I'm so tall and my shoulders are just so broad <laughs> and so like, oh, it's so hard to be me. Like there's some guy listening to this like... No, yeah, like, like, I know. Some I know. Guy, like some guys hating it. Like I don't know who he is, but I just want to let that man know.
0: I fair like, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Like it was like. And speaking of traveling, I'd go to Europe or something like that, and I'd go and buy a suit. Even at my skinniest, when I was down at like what I was like, I was really cutting. I couldn't fit into a single blazer because the shoulders were so narrow. Mm. Mm. So it end up, everything looks like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this. <laughs> like, you know how they tell you to go like that to test stuff? Like, yeah. look at this.
1: That is a long arm.
0: Uh, yeah, it's short sleeve, like, you I mean, know, like, this is like my difficulty with buying clothes. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm going to say, I think we're all in agreement. The Tahi is a window team.
1: Yeah, if we ever find anywhere together, we won't get a row. We'll we're, yeah, they, they're like, oh, do you guys line. just
0: want to sit together? We're like, no, we all want one window go. seat yeah, yeah. and we're just going to take. Yeah, I like that. And mm-hmm. we should see who can get off the plane first. Uh, as you know, usually on Tuesdays we discuss new music. As of recording this podcast, the new music list isn't out. I have sort of worked on it and I sort of know a little bit about who's gonna be on that list. Um, but as it stands right now, a quick brief our overrun of new music for this week. Uh Mermaidens.
1: Mermaidens, new album they, coming out. They, they are
0: heard. our featured artists for their latest single. Um
1: well they, well we put on um, I Like to Be Alone. Mm-hmm. They got a couple other singles out from the album. Uh, called Foolish and Sister, which are also really good, but I like to be alone was my favorite one.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, I was also I wanted to add it this week, but there was just a few too many locals that I didn't want it. I didn't. I was real strict on how many globals I had left. Um, Idols released a new song. Yeah, with LCD sound system. Yeah, I like it. Don't yeah. Yeah. like yeah. I was. I was like, yeah, this is this is a really good record. Um, and who else did I put on this? Where did drop the new song? Horny. Mirage band. Frankie Venter and Rory Noble. Oh, yeah. Very excited about that. Frankie's been on... Harry's band. Yeah. (laughs) Frankie's been on, like, quite the press store I saw. Uh, And I saw Harry was in the video um, where she was, like, interviewing um, animals at a park.
1: Yeah, no, Harry just be hanging out. Yeah, at well, the studio yeah. these days he did this one bit for those who missed it Harry did this bit where he like pretended he was releasing a single yeah. and and the New Zealand music industry is so lovely that he got so much support for this single that didn't exist mm. and then the next thing you know he's in the studio with Frankie Venter and Rory Noble doing doing what he's just
0: hanging out doing yeah. what I don't know what it's he's like, doing it's like you've but... got
1: our own show to produce Like, yeah. get, like why are you? what are you doing
0: you're leaving our studio for their studio
1: also great song though So like, yeah, power to, I don't out. think Harry was very involved in the actual song but
0: god no because the song is good yeah um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> shout out Frankie Venter shout out Merman. and shout out all of our new artists on the local list as well as global. If you want to check that out, head over to our Spotify, The Tahi List, which you can add to your playlists, as well as streaming 24-7 on the website,
1: www.tahi.fm.
0: Check it out. And that is about all the time we have for
1: today's show. My tummy's rumbling really loud. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just... We're nearly finished. I'd really like a snack. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a bit, that was, yeah. I,
0: no, You know what I think is the worst part about these mics is they pick up everything. You know when you, if you, ever get, you ever get like a whistler in your nose? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just get that little bit of a block and then you get a whistle and I can hear it when I'm editing, And it's always yeah. me and I can just hear it because in the mornings I wake up, even when I'm not sick, I wake up with a blocked nose. Oh, like, I blow
1: my nose like you never believe in the morning. And
0: I just hear this little... Like, every time, i was man, I can't
1: edit that out. My voice is a bit crusty-dusty today, but that's because it was a long weekend, and I had fun.
0: I genuinely did, yesterday landed, and I was like, bro, why don't we do this
1: more often? Oh, my God, I know, like, three-day weekend, four-day work week. It's the dream we all want. It was designed for,
0: like, factory workers, the nine-to-five, 40-hour working week. Come on, we're in the future, man. And I don't know any factory workers that only work 40 hours. <laughs> You're You're on another works at a factory. He's doing 12-hour shifts, yes, man. It's like. just
1: like, this is such a wider yarn, and I'm way too tired to have the big yarn, but people who know will know. There's so many parts of our society that are weird hangovers from World War II that don't make sense that we have, and that is one of them. It
0: is... So bizarre.
1: Like the nuclear family where one dude could go work nine to five and like buy a house, have three kids. He's like 23 years old. Like it's not the vibe anymore, man.
0: Um, I saw somebody dig up on TikTok a uh, home and whatever design magazine from 2012 and they opened it up and houses were like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars 300000 Yeah, and but... And it's just like, oh, why didn't I buy a house at...
1: Seventeen. <laughs> remember that. Remember that. Uh, do you remember that financial crash?
0: Wasn't that two thousand
1: seven, two thousand eight?
0: Yeah. Two
1: thousand twelve. I mean, that would have been hangover from. It. Oh yeah. But you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. bad boy? Oh yeah. That was crazy. Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Big shout out to Gussie Larkin from Mermaidians for joining us on the show for the corridor. Um, Malo Evie for your corridor. Um, Malo Neurodivergency. Is that the proper terminology?
1: Wow. Yes. Some people that some people prefer that one a lot because mm. it sort of encapsulates a lot of different things. It's one that I use for like work or whatever. It will be like, "Oh, this is a neurodivergency issue." Mm. Or like, "I'm neurodiverse, so like can you not ask me to write the notes, please?" Mm. Like, it's one of those ones.
0: My therapist one's called depression um um Difficulties with living. And I was like, never mm, using that. No, I don't like that one. That one sounds grim. Because yeah. <laughs> like, we all have difficulties I with like, living, I was like, man, everyone's struggling. I was
1: like, yeah,
0: like, I, you know what? I can understand calling ADHD a superpower, but when people are like, nah, you know what? My depression's my superpower. I'm like, we have different depressions, dude. Yeah. I, like There is nothing positive about this. Ex- I Do mean- you know
1: what? Okay, I've got a positive <laughs> takeaway from depression, which was that when I was real depressed, I got to the point where I was like, I don't give a that I'm at the store in my gym jams with my ass out. Like, mm. I was like, I don't care what any of you think of me. And then I was like, oh, I don't care what people think about me anymore. Mm. And I carried that with me. And now I don't care.
0: <laughs> no, I'm deeply insecure. Thank you so much for tuning on <laughs> in today. Um, until we see you Thursday, as always, we say to fāsui fōa and... car keys.